incredible, do you understand? Yeah. I'm serious. You think I could have done that without you standing next to me being strong? Are you feeling this? Are you feeling the I'm feeling right now? Yeah, I'm cold. You're cold? Yeah. Let's get to Virginia, man. Just keep your head now. Turn around. He's all right. We didn't do it. Oh, oh, oh. Get back here. So I told you about my brother, yeah? Something happened. I don't know exactly what. He's been arrested. He's being held at Rikers Island. What? Oh my God, that's awful. Make me queen. You just gotta get him out of there before something bad happens. He could get killed in there. The pure from love. You need another 10 grand. You get another 10 grand, your brother will get out. The truth is an act of love. I think something very important is happening and it's deeply connected to my purpose. Every day I think about untwisting and untangling these strings I'm in and to lead a pure life. Look ahead in a clear sky. I ain't gonna get there. It's a nice dream. It's a nice dream. Welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham. I am Angela. The sounds you hear, probably dogs. Mm-hmm. Our, our theme this month, asshole. The asshole on film. Assholes. On film. There's been some big assholes. Some big gaped out fucking dribbling assholes. Yeah, and uh, we're hitting up our first Safdie Brothers movie with good time. We watched Uncut Gems probably a couple years ago. Uncut Gems. It's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yes. So I was excited to follow up with their one of their previous releases. They've got about... Four full-length movies out there, I think. Okay. And uh, Good Time is probably the the other more well-known one. But I think this functions. This is like a neo-noir, a modern crime drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like their bag, really. Yeah. Um, from what we've seen so far. We've been seeing Benny Safty, who plays a very important role in this movie, yes. pop up other things. And it seems like this guy's got quite some acting chops. Playing a Hungarian physicist and Oppenheimer, kind of in love with him. he's uh, he plays the uh, closeted uh, gay mayor in Licorice Pizza. Very good. And then this movie where he's playing someone with uh, uh, developmental or intellectual disabilities. Yes. And this movie is actually on our movie roulette subcategory of a challenging performance for everyone. Well, I will say this was not a challenging performance for him. He was amazing. But was it challenging for us knowing that he's not challenged yet portraying someone challenging? That's the point of the subcategory. I do get that. But it somehow seems to work in a way where maybe if you're watching radio or the other sister where you're not like. But here it's I don't know. It seems more it's a very visceral movie. Yes. So you're kind of lost in that tone. And perhaps it's more palatable because he is not the main character. Yeah. He's a very important character in this movie. But it's not him the whole time that we're watching. He has very 
particular moments. Yeah, he's kind of a tragic character. Yes. But he doesn't, like, overwhelm the whole movie as a tone. That first scene. Because a lot of people, when they're playing someone with intellectual disabilities, ends up being unintentionally funny. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, they're like, they seem to overdo it. Yeah. They need to, like, constantly physically show you that something's going on and and that was what was so great about his performance is how understated it was like the first scene where he's sitting down with um this therapist yeah, like a court-appointed psychiatrist yeah well yeah and he's asking you know he's being asked these questions and he obviously doesn't completely understand everything he's being asked and you can just tell that there's a frustration in him and he just has this like single tear yeah that runs down and no one comments on it and it just it fucking killed me from the beginning and he's co-directing the movie with his brother josh and also he co-edited the movie good job it also stars uh, robert pattinson jennifer jason lee uh, Talia Webster, Buddy Duress, and Barkad Abdi. I've never really thought very much. I'm not thought negatively about uh, Twilight, whatever his name is. What's his name? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I know he's the new Batman, but I've never, I've never seen him in anything where I've been like, oh, dude, this movie, that boy can act. There's something about like um, you know what's the who who played Harry Potter? I forget his name. Oh yeah, Daniel's something. Uh, Radcliffe. That's it. Yeah. And I think um, Pattinson's in the same boat. Ever since those Twilight movies, that they're like, can we please find roles that are completely different? Yeah. So that's why Radcliffe was like running around naked on stage yep. not long after. Yep. Why he's in, like, fucking... Wasn't he in Swiss Army Man, that yes. crazy-ass movie? that was... I love that movie. By Them Daniels. <laughs> and yeah, Daniels. And I think you see Pattinson in this movie uh, fucking crushing it, honestly. Yeah. Just playing this fucking... Uh, um, this movie bounces all around Queens and, like, the western part of Long Island. It, it, he's an interesting guy to... to I think the best asshole is one where you're like, I've known like five assholes like this. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because the asshole in question that we're focusing on here is, uh, his name is Constantine. Nikos. 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 They're, I think they're. His brother's Nicholas Nikos. Yeah. And they're like, they're Greek or something. And they call him Connie. He's a fucking mess, right? And he comes and gets his brother. He's the asshole of the movie. And throughout the movie, Everything, everything he's doing is like some kind of lie. Everything he's doing is like some kind of con yeah. because he's just reacting into these moments to get to this point. And everything he's doing uh, is for his brother, but everything that his brother is going through is because of him. Yes, it's it's this weird thing where you almost want to kind of say, but he. He's trying to be helpful, except he's not. Excuse me. You Peter? Yes, I am. We're in the middle of something. Hello. Nick, what, what are you doing? We're in the middle of something here. We're in the middle on, of the exam. Hey, hey, Nick, about Nick. The stuff and the, the pan and the Wait, 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 please. Nick. How would you like it if I made you cry? How would you like that? No, I would not. But get up. They, they told me I had to do this stuff. Let's go. Let's go. But he wrote me. He has all my stuff. He down all my stuff. Shut up, then. This is my work. This is my stuff, okay? Oh, shame on you, kind Shame on me. You're not helping you. Shame on you. He wants his brother to not to not be treated as though he's different than anyone else. So because of that, he's not accepting that his brother is different and might need help. He is wanting them to run away and get away from their grandma and like start a new life. But 
is that what's best for his brother? He's wanting to do things for his brother, but he's not thinking about what's best for his brother. After the court-appointed psychiatrist, we see Connie and his brother Nick, their masks on, and they're robbing a bank, and he's send, and he's giving a, a note to the lady, that style of bank robbery, saying, I'm armed, you need to put so-and-so amount of money. She gives him all this money. They're wearing these, like, masks that make them look like like black men if they got stung by bees. This is another one of those like tiny moments where just at one point Nick is like pulling at it and Connie's like, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just be still, be quiet. Listen to me, you know? And he's always like trying to build his brother up. Like, I need you here. Like you're the strong one. Like I need you to do this. He makes a giant mistake. And this was a movie where I was talking to the screen a lot because I was like, please don't do what you're doing right now. She gives him everything in her drawer and writes him a note back. That's like, this is all I have policy. They could have just left. But because he insisted on more money, she went in the back, and then that's when they booby-trapped the money. Well, you see, you see that coming. I know. Like a mile away. I know. Because they're that's not... That's why it's so frustrating. It's like, just get get out with what you can get. Like, any, even just not living this life and knowing anything about any heist movie from the past 20 years is that they rig up the money. I'm surprised there wasn't any kind of a tracker or anything in there. I know. But, but yeah, they do put like paint bombs in this shit. And sure enough, they're uh, getting in the car with their dude and the thing goes off and they're all covered in red paint and they have to go into a bathroom and they scrub this off and they have layers of clothes on to where they can kind of shed. And, and his brother, he doesn't really do anything. He's just standing there. It's Connie that's doing all the the note giving, the instruction, all yes. that. So, you know, he's just being manipulated. The police know that they're looking for somebody. They've shed their paint clothes. And they've tried to wash themselves off. They're still a little red-faced. A police car's coming down the block, and uh, Connie's just being like, be cool, be cool, be cool. Of course, uh, Nick, who barely knows what's going on, is scared out of his mind, and he just starts running. Yeah. And they're together for a minute, and Nick ends up running through, like, a glass door and cuts himself all up and he and he's fucked up and he's flopped down but connie just keeps running and connie had hidden the money yeah the red paint money nick is the one that gets arrested while connie's running around and we see nick and rikers uh getting like lumped in with all these guys and there's Mm -hmm. a big fight and and it's interesting because nick you can tell that he is a guy that probably has had to fight a lot you know as Mm -hmm. we go throughout the movie we see these news reports pop up because of course they're looking for connie you see their grandmother Mm -hmm. show up on the screen and the issue that sent nick to the prison psychiatrist to begin with was that she apparently something happened where nick broke her arm but she's blaming connie for the scenario like in the report she's like if it wasn't for his brother he never would be in that position so now the the whole movie is just this tense, very shaky, uh, very like zoomed in images of people. And a lot of times, there's certain movies you, that feels kind of shitty, but this one, it builds the it, congestion. It, build, it, it generates uh, a claustrophobic sense of panic yeah. into this scramble because Connie's now, so now he's trying to, he's taking the stained money and to bail him out. But, like, he's 10 short because the guy's not, like, he obviously is robbery money, but he'll... He's going to take the money. He'll, he'll take the money that isn't covered in fucking red dye and be mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't take that. But he needs $10,000 more so he goes to his girlfriend, Jennifer Jason Lee, who looks like she's about twice his age. She is. And this 
but she's living with her mother in this and apartment. And they're constantly fighting. Something's up with her, too. Well, she's, she's completely not, fucked. Yeah, she's not good. Jennifer Jason Lee continuing a tradition of playing completely damaged women in movies. I mean, she's good at it. <laughs> she she was good in this. He's given her half a story. He's told a lie about what's happened. Mm-hmm. And so he takes her to the bail guy. And then he's popping on. At first, he's like, oh, it's just a few thousand. It's just 2,000. Like, it's constantly changing. And they're going to put it on her mother's credit card. I tell you. Couple hours, right? Yeah, you got the full ten. Ten thousand. Ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Hey, you do credit, right? Yeah, yeah. Mark, what are little Ten thousand dollars. We do. Yeah. You said it was like a couple thousand dollars. What's the loan? You get it back the same time as the three. What's the difference? It's like seven thousand dollars difference. You know? It's it's for my brother, and you you you're gonna get it back the same day, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. She'll get it back. You'll get it back. She loves him, but she's a fucking mess. Yeah. So, like, okay, baby. And then they're trying to run this shit. And, of course, her mom gets a notification. She cancels the card. So, it's that drama. So, he has to take off. yelling. And then the Bell Bobbinson's mad. And it's so tense. So, then he's like, oh, I got to go to St. Joseph's. I don't have the money. I'm just going to go get. Well, he finds out the Bell Bobbinson calls to see, like, when they think they're going to pay it. To see if his brother can get bailed they out that find night out he's actually in the hospital. Because he got in this fight because there was, you know, communication issues because he's in with Gen Pop. And so, so yeah, so then he's like, I got to go get my brother out of the hospital. So he goes to St. Joseph's on the floor where they keep prisoners. He sees a cop parked outside the way. He's like just bullshitting this cop like for like... The, the way he's doing it, I feel like it's like if you're just hanging out on the street or walking down certain parts of town, people just feeding you fucking stories, some line. And it's like, why is any of this being said right now? Yeah. And that's like, that's Connie all the way. Well, and there's that extra bit that's like so stupid of like, he's doing it to try to get information. The thing about Connie is he has no foresight. He does not think past his next action. Exactly. Whatever matters is just the very next thing he's doing and why he's, he's doing that. He's very reacting thing. to the last thing he did. Exactly. So in that moment, he doesn't think, I don't need to have a full conversation with this cop because then this cop is going to know my face and remember me. He's thinking, I need to get information from this cop. So he's trying to figure out like... But he doesn't get anything. He doesn't get anything. But it is kind of... He also, he also seems to want everyone to like him. Because that is, and that is actually a trait of a sociopath is, or a psychopath is, or can be, is that if you can get people to like you, then you can manipulate, manipulate them. So, so, so the cop walks away and he goes in and he sees his brother all bandaged up. You don't recognize him. We saw his face. We saw him get the shit kicked out of him. So he's carting, carting his brother, pass the fuck out on painkillers. They get into one of those shuttle cabs that often you get when you go from airports to hotels. Mm-hmm. And he has to talk the guy into going in this extra step. It's another lie to get to a, another different place. Then they drop him off in this place. But they're in place. a random neighborhood. Yeah, they're in a random neighborhood. And then they find a, a lady who was on the shuttle. Because her husband and was she, in a wheelchair. And he talks this lady into using her phone. And it's this grandmother and her granddaughter. And it's it's all these little details of like... Like, everyday people in this area who maybe aren't well-to-do. She's talking about, like, yeah, you can use my phone, but you got to keep it plugged in because the battery's wonky. You can watch the TV, but the remote doesn't work. You have to change it. These little, little details of, like, the environments that they're going in and out of. They go into the fridge at one point. Like, he's looking for something to eat, and the granddaughter's like, don't look in the fridge. And it's just, like, jars of, like, 
who knows what the fuck is she's either doing like spells or making kombucha. I have no idea. I don't think it's spells. I know. I'm just it's just kidding. some old shit. But like it was just, but it looked like it was gross. And you know. So it, the lady it, has to go to bed and she offers the room for her brother because they only see this guy bandaged yeah, up. Yeah, for, for, for Nick. Connie's and, brother. And so they're trying, so he's trying to call on the phone to get pickups from like some of his people. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. He's just chilling with this girl. This girl is 16. She's very typical 16 year old, very dismissive high. of her grandma. She's like, I don't care about this lady. Stays up all night. And then, um, and then he sees, they're watching like fucking cops on Spike. And then he sees himself pop up on a news report. And to keep her from looking at it, he starts making out with his sixteen-year-old. He's 16 also bleached his hair with some random bleach. In yeah, the just kitchen. took he just the goes bleach. in their bathroom and starts dyeing his hair. And she's like, "What are you doing?" So she takes him to. He takes her to the bedroom to continue the distraction, and then like they're going to do something, and then you hear a voice Scream, from the bedroom yeah. where his brother's at. Where the fuck am I? And the voice is a lot more lucid than we know that his brother actually sounds, and we discover. That the person he drugged from the hospital is not his brother. Not his brother at all. So the brother's still at the hospital and it's this guy who, uh, now he's running around with this guy. And then this guy, they're, they managed to get the girl to take their grandmother's car. So they're all riding together. And this guy goes on this mad tripping story about how he like went and got some acid, got a Sprite bottle full of, like, liquid LSD, like, loaded, and talking about how he's tripping his ass off, and he got chased into a fucking, him and his boys. Amusement park. And one of his boys stole money from a, like, robbed a radio shack, which yeah. kind of makes this all seem like it was more than 10 years ago, all this this I time know. frame, right? And then, so he's got a bag full of money, and then they're all being chased, and he's so fucked up, he doesn't even remember. And then he's, like, freaking out in a cab and jumps out of a cab, and that's how he's all fucked up and in the hospital. Yeah, so, but but the the only part that Connie hears of this whole story is he stashed some money and some acid in the amusement park, so now we gotta go there. So they go there, and this this whole... They leave the girl in the car. The details of the scene where they're having to, like, throw, like, car floor mats over to... To get over the barbed wire. And the dude, of course, is fucked up that he's with. And he has to get back down and lift him back up. Because they're li- trying to sneak into the back of the amusement These park. little things that add to this, like, manic crackhead tension, right? Yeah. That just, like, the thing that he has to do over and over again to make this thing work, work. And, yeah, like you said, he's just reacting to the very last thing to get to the last thing. It's all about his brother, but he can get this money to get his brother out. But now he's everyone's looking for him, so it's not like he can go in and bail his brother out, but he's just going to get arrested. But there's a security guard. Yeah, and the security guard catches them. Well, he catches the injured guy looking for Connie, and Connie ends up beating the fucking shit out of him and putting on his clothes. It fucks this guy up. And they're like, oh, shit, because everything's on camera. And they take his clothes. And then they take this Sprite bottle full of liquid acid. And And they dump, like, a chunk of it. Like, they dumped, like... Too much. Like, equivalent of 200 plus... 200 doses into this guy. Literally, dude goes, he's not going to remember shit about tonight. And And pours it in his face. And they know the cops are coming, so they have one the one guy hide. and, And Connie's dressed up like a guard. Like yeah. the guard. And he gives them the security guy as the person who broke in. And, of in. course, the security guy is tripping, like, insane. Can't speak. Can't even say a straight sentence. Yeah. And they cart his ass off. So now they've got his keys to his house and shit. 
and they end up going to his house. Which and, is insane. And, and there's a thing where Connie's like really good with dogs. Yeah, he does mention that at one point. He said, oh, he tells the 16-year-old, who also at this point has gotten taken away by the cops. Yeah. Um, he tells the girl that he thinks he was a dog in a past life because that's why dogs love him so much. Yeah, and he gets this guy's, the security guard's pit bull at his apartment. He had mm-hmm. a very nice apartment. He did have a really nice apartment. And he gets the pit bull to like him. But now they're having to negotiate with this guy who fronts the acid to come pay a lot of money to get to this get acid back. back. But of course... This the dude that he's with. They're not going to help Connie out because, obviously, but Connie is just trying to get this money. They couldn't find the bag of money. Could they only found the bottle of acid? Right. Yeah, they found the bottle. Of, the bag of money was confusing to me. Like I know that's what kind of started the fight or what started them running and ending up stashing things. But but yeah, they found the acid. But that was all they had. So then they had to try to get money for that. And of course, he's trying to get ten thousand dollars out of this guy. Right. And the guy's trying to bargain with him. And he's all over the fucking news. Yeah. And the guy, I can't remember his name, but he goes um, Khalif or something. And he goes to get the money. And so then it's just the injured guy and Connie and the dog in the apartment supposed to be waiting. But then. The police are coming. The police are coming. So Connie starts to run. And we see the dude um, who. Well, Connie was also going to leave because he was like, I don't believe you. So, yeah, Connie just takes off, and the dog doesn't like the other guys, so it kind of traps him. Attacks him. So the guy's looking out the balcony, and he sees the police. This is how you see Connie get arrested. It's an overhead shot of him looking down. So good. And you just see him drop the Sprite bottle and the... It rolls across the roof. Yeah, and then they tackle him. So he's talking to his dude. He's like, tell him where the Sprite bottle is. So Connie's getting arrested. And then, dude, of course, cops know where to go. They start banging on the door. And he starts to climb out onto the balcony. And you see Connie and the cop, like, looking up. This guy, like, trying to cross balconies. And he falls and fucking gets his ass killed. And then from there, I mean, we just kind of went through a whole lot very quickly. We really did. But then there's this moment where Connie's in the back of the police car. And actually, that moment, that all felt very real. Like, it felt so real. But then, and then you kind of like, you get this image on Connie's face and he's in the back of the police car and it sat on him for a while, like him just riding in the police car. And you don't know though, like what I kept asking myself in that moment was, does he even understand the gravity of what has just happened? Is he now realizing that he's just totally fucked everything up? Or is he still thinking, like, what do I do next? Well, all I don't the, know. Well, all that's left to do at that point is probably what he should have done at the very beginning. But I want to get into a few details on Connie's character here. Uh, it's interesting because when he's sitting and he's watching that episode of Cops with the young girl who's played mm-hmm. by Talia Webster... It's this la- thing where this crazy lady's getting drug out of a car and she has a knife and she falls on the knife. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a real episode or made up, you know? I don't know. But like, he's like, turn this shit off. I don't want to see them explain their way out of this one, you know, because mm-hmm. they seem like they just tackled a lady onto her knife. Yeah. And, but then there's a point where when they first go into the security guard's apartment, the other guy he's with who had, was trying to find the money and knew about the acid. He immediately goes to the fine liquor on the guy's shelf. And then Connie starts going on this trip and starts judging him. Look at you, you're drunk as shit. Now you want to get real with me? Don't fucking flatter yourself, bro. I'm not trying to get real with you. You know what? I'm fucking real. I'm trying to talk to you. All right? Go fuck yourself, man. Think you're better than me. 
I am better than you. You're, 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 you're an ignorant fuck, bro. <laughs> no one's better than any next man, all right? You don't know me from Adam. The second you got here, went to the booze, and you got fucked up. But that's fine. So that's, that's, who, that's, that's, who, up, that's just who you are. You're a fuck up. That's, I don't oh, care. Okay, Whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a shit. You shouldn't give a shit. Who gives a shit? I, I definitely don't give a shit. Look, losers like you are incapable of taking care of themselves. You're either leeching off mommy, or leeching off welfare, or living off the government in jail. Right. That's you. You don't know the first thing about me, bro. What's to know? What's to know? You serve absolutely no function whatsoever. It's pathetic. Connie is no better than this guy. And maybe Connie is or isn't, does, does or doesn't have a substance abuse problem. You can pinpoint this guy's issues if he does have a substance abuse problem. If he can ever get to the other side of it, then maybe there's hope for him. <laughs> but Connie's doing all the dumb shit this guy's doing completely stone sober. But Connie is in this position. Of course, Connie is projecting and calling the labels that, you know, he's probably been called his whole life. Yeah, and to him, he has a greater goal. Yeah. Of, of saving his brother. From a situation that he made and that he willfully put his brother in. Yeah. So I thought that scene was very interesting how he's yeah. like dressing this guy down. Well, like the guy an ultimate to sense actually, of hypocrisy. Well, and the guy's trying to actually like kind of get to know him a little bit. So how much time are you facing? She joins us now from Flushing with the details. Well, that's right. Come on, man, look at me. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I know your situation can't be worse than mine. Everybody goes through shit. I'm, I'm the last one to judge. You ever do time before? Okay, so he's going to flip it back on the other person. Of, well, you're a fucking loser. Just, I'm not a loser. You're a loser. Just saying shit that's been yelled at him his whole life. Just yeah. that, that classic, like, I'm going to call you the things that I am insecure about yep. regarding myself. And he can grasp onto him hitting that liquor to, like, find that one little thing to set himself above that other guy. Well, and back to the manipulation thing, one thing that I thought was really interesting is, you know, he's got this 16-year-old girl to like steal her grandma's car and they've driven and they tell her that they're going to that they're at the guy's house and they're going to just like go in and take a shit. So yeah. wait in the car while they go to try to go into this um amusement park and she waits there so long until the police come and actually take her away and the craziest shit about that is he convinces her he actually says to her he's like man i don't know what's going on tonight but like i just feel like there's something like bigger than me happening i feel like you're like part of that with me like do you feel me and she's like yeah i feel you i feel you Connie's a con. and it's like what are you fucking talking about <laughs> like you're you're trying to like in 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 no uncertain terms tell this girl that like you think that y'all are gonna like be together or something like you think there's like a greater thing pulling you together so that she'll do whatever you want like he's just a fucking connie is a con artist yeah in moments like that do you think he really feels like he f no i don't think he really meant it like is he bullshit what moments are is he bullshitting himself or is he bullshitting everyone else? I think both. I mean, I, I, think I mean, it's, when you're it's hard to know when you're in that deep, you're you are you're pretty much just doing both. Because he you? does also feel like he feels like he's on a trajectory to getting to his brother, and he doesn't know exactly how he's going to get there. And I do think there might be part of him that's like, oh, maybe I did end up in this house on purpose for a reason. Maybe I did end up getting the wrong guy to the hospital so I could get the money. Like there is also maybe part of him that somehow thinks that he's gonna get by on luck you know because he keeps just like throwing shit at the wall but he keeps moving like there's no part where he goes i can't do this i'm fucking it up 
Yeah. It's like, no, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? I got to keep going. And he keeps like thinking it's going to work out. So there's a weird bit of like hope to him. Yeah, yeah. He is a weirdly hopeful character, isn't he? The only time that he takes responsibility and he does the right thing, we never even see him actually do. At the very, very end. At the very, very end because we find out that he admitted, like he told them that his brother had nothing to do with the planning. It wasn't his brother's fault. Nothing to do with it. So his brother Nick actually like gets released and you see, like, Grandma bringing Nick to see that same, like, court-appointed. I don't even know if he was. I guess he was court-appointed. He's a court-appointed He's a good guy, though. Like, that guy. He looks so familiar. I looked him up. He's not a guy that's been in a lot of things. But he just looks so familiar. You know who, um, sorry to go on that tangent. But you see Nick. And, you know, the therapist is like, hey, I want you to go to this class. I think you'll really enjoy it. And he brings him in. And it's like. All these other folks are in there and there's a teacher. She's like, let's do like a get to know you thing. This just really touched me. So I just want to talk about it for a And like the credits are rolling through the this The credits are rolling. And the songs, a song starts playing as well. But you can still hear what they're saying. And she's like, the game we're going to play is everybody go to the side of the room. And I'm going to say something. And if it's true for you, walk across the room. But you don't have to walk across the room if it's true for you. If you don't want anybody to know, you can keep it to yourself. You don't have to... It's sort of, sort of like uh, truth, you yeah. know, uh, um, but there's no dare. But you don't have to say whether or not it's real. And so they start saying things like, I've ever lied before. Uh, you know, it's all this stuff. But And then for a minute, he's just sitting there and you can tell he does not want to participate. And then questions like, have you ever been lonely? Have you ever been blamed for something you didn't do? And then he walks Starts to walk the across room. the room. He starts to participate. And there's a song playing as it goes out. It's got this very deep, gruff... The music here uh, was put together by uh, Oniotrix Point Never. So good. And uh, I I don't know who the singer they got for this was, but he's singing these lines that, like, the pure always act from love, the damned always act from love. Putting a point end on, like, the flaws and the problems, and the reality is that as, as fucked up as everyone is, in their own way, that's probably all the only method they know and how to love. You yeah. know, you know, Connie loves his brother, but he is also bad for his brother. Because you see Connie at the very beginning try to drag him away from a court psychiatrist. And it's like, and he, because he feels like it's like they're, they're talking to his, down to his brother, like he's lesser than. When they're actually not. No. They're actually really not. And that's what, I don't know, just what hit me so hard at the end there was like, Connie's going to be in jail forever. Grandma's old. Mm -hmm. This is someone who doesn't have anyone else in the world. But maybe, maybe within this program that he's now finally going to get to participate in because his brother isn't there to pull him away and tell him he doesn't need it, he can find a community. This movie feels so current, feels so incredibly today. You're seeing kind of the, the future of, of movies, or at least good movies, and movies that are by people like the Safdie brothers. And it's very interesting to see their careers and their trajectory. And as they go on, they're also, they're also producing this, uh, documentary series on HBO called Telemarketers. Oh, yeah. About this, uh, call center area. I watched the first episode. It's really, it's really interesting, but uh, I like to finish it up. Like they just seem like they have their fingers into everything that seems to be extremely interesting, whether yeah. it be directing, producing, acting, writing, or just acting. Yeah, and all these things are all worth 
checking out. It's very, very fascinating duo, these guys. Uh, and uh, they make some good shit. But, uh, yeah, we're going to rate this movie. You give it one through five. I'm going to give it one through five combined for best out of five. But before we do that, mm-hmm. how would you rate Connie Nikas in uh, the asshole scale? He does. Nine. <laughs> I'm going to give him an 8.5. You know, I get where it's a 9, but he's not a murderer, at least, sort of. No, he could have easily. What would he have done if someone died? could argue he didn't actually murder that man, but that, that man who he took from the hospital would not be dead right that now. That guy, well, that that security guard might be permanently damaged. That security guard could like, be fucked. two whole sheets just because dumped in his face. Because he beat him so hard in the head until he passed out, and then they poured acid. Like, he could be brain So he's damaged. got a concussion, likely, and he's fucking rolling on 200-plus hits worth. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, but how 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 many how old do you rate this movie? I think it's at least a four point five. I'm gonna give it a four point two five. Okay, so that is an eight point seven five. That is, uh, we are hitting the A's. You know, there's a lot of A's. There's a lot of A's. This one really got to me, though, man. Mm-hmm. Like this really, this really got to me. So we're in uh, mysterious skin, my beautiful laundrette, leaving Las Vegas. That fucking makes sense. This movie belongs <laughs> that's, in that group. That's uh, where we're at. In that good time is our thirteenth best A tier movie, and but we have a lot of fucking A tier movies. I mean, we. I mean, we have a lot of A-tier movies because we, we want to watch good movies because if we can help it. Y- you pick the movies and y- you have a good sense for movies. I yeah. mean, we've actually had to try to have bad movies. Well, maybe we should try harder. Maybe like this coming year, we'll just have a real... We hear this movie sucks, so let's just sit down and watch it. I, I mean, I think I think our roulettes have the potential to get us there. I do we think, just need to do more of them. I think it is proof more that we want to be more positive in our discussions of yeah. movies. We don't really want to shit on things. No, we want everything to be good. Even Tammy. We wanted Tammy to be good. Yes, but it's not. No. We did Tammy, so like, yeah, we got a bad movie this one. <laughs> All right, so hit the show notes uh, for links and other places to find us. Um, uh, what did you think of Good Times? Are are you into these Safty boys? You keeping track like we are? I want to watch their other movies. I do too. And so, yeah, we'll probably get to that. Like and subscribe for more assholes this month. Yeah. How would you rate Connie Nikas and uh, your asshole scale? Is he fully gaped or is he really tight? So there you go. Like and subscribe. Death to all traitors. Mm-hmm.